for this week in the Printmakers Podcast, we interview Andrew Mullally, a graduate student from the University of Iowa. We talk about his inspiration from nature, why he does prints, how he got involved with printmaking, and what he hopes to continue to do at the close of his career as a graduate student. If you want to follow more of his work, you can check him out on social media at Drink Your Feelings. You can also check out our work on bgprintmakers.org. You can also check us out on social media at bgprintmakers. Thanks again for all the support you've given us. Uh, We could use some likes, some comments, shares, ratings, and reviews on every channel you listen to podcasts on. So if you could do that on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, that would really help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Also, you can send feedback to bgprintmakers at gmail.com. That would be really great for us. Uh, We appreciate all the support. And without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Okay, my name is uh, Stephen Wiggins, and this is uh, Bluegrass Printmakers Podcast. And today, I am interviewing Andrew Mullally. And he is a grad student at the University of Iowa. And so I'm just going to ask him some questions about printmaking so he can keep this thing going about prints and getting the word out about printmaking. So thanks for letting me interview you, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, so, yeah, if you just want to give us some information about you and your work and kind of what you got going on and uh, like your bio, um, like where you're from, where you study, what schools you went to. Sure. Well, I've been to a lot of schools so far, but I guess the three that I've been to that have been sort of geared towards art, because uh, I didn't start out as an art major. Um, I, I'm from Elgin, Illinois. We'll start there. Uh, which is a far western suburb of Chicago. It's about a 40-minute drive west of the city. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's close. It's a quick commute. Um, I spent a lot of time in the city growing up. But, um, yeah, I'm not from Chicago. You're not allowed to say you're from Chicago <laughs> unless you're actually within the city limits because people get really indignant that are actually... Oh, dang, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know. People that weren't even born in Chicago get mad when... <laughs> You say you're from Chicago and you're you're from the suburbs. So I'm from the suburbs. I'm from Elgin, Illinois. Oh, wow. I started taking art classes at uh, Elgin Community College when I was about 20. Um, I started as a photography major actually uh, a long time ago, uh, but I was slowly introduced to printmaking classes at ECC before I transferred to uh, NIU, which okay. is Northern Illinois University, which mm-hmm. is in DeKalb, which is like another 30 miles west. I've just been like working my way west over the past like eight years (laughs) right on um but i was a photo major there for a year and then i switched to print pretty quickly and i was working with michael barnes and ashley mason i graduated from there and it was embarrassing i don't remember uh 2014 i guess okay Um, took a a year off uh was printing t-shirts and posters for a company in aurora illinois Hmm. um got kind of fed up with not having the time or energy to make my own stuff and started applying to grad schools and that's I ended up in Iowa City. Um, I'm in my last semester here. Oh wow! It's a three-year. It's, it's a three-year program, so I'm kind of in the home stretch. 
Very I've got cool. about whatever it is, like four or five months left here before I get shoved out of the nest. So that's sort of where I'm at right now. Right. You got to spread your wings and fly after in about five yeah, months. Yeah, or sink or swim, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we've all been there. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, um, so why did you choose printmaking? Because you said you were, uh, you said a film major or? Photography. Photography. So yeah. what did you go in from photography? Did you go in the screen printing? Did you ever have a time where you used both or kind of what made you choose printmaking? I mean, I still take a lot of my own reference photos and use them for drawings. Um, I started as a photo major because I didn't know what I wanted to do, like most undergraduates do when they start taking classes. And I actually didn't know how to draw right. when I started taking art classes uh, at sort of like a college level or community college level for that matter. Um, so that's sort of why I used in the photo because I was interested in art, but I didn't know how to do it because I didn't really have any formal training in high school. And I had, I had taken photography classes in high school and really enjoyed them. Uh, I just kind of got, I, I got like bored with it, I guess, because I wasn't able to illustrate the ideas that I was interested in talking about. Right. I was doing a lot of like analog photography, like black and white photography. That's how I learned how to do it. And at the university I was at at the time, that's what they were doing there too. So I didn't really know how to do like the digital end of it. So I, I kind of got interested in drawing because was, I, I was interested in animals and nature and stuff like that you don't really always have access to the things you're just talking about when you're sort of confined to right. analog photography so that's what initially got me interested in, in taking printmaking classes and then it was just like a big learning curve of teaching myself how to draw and taking drawing classes and getting a little bit from all the different departments um to sort of get me up to speed with like printmaking dang so yeah for those for those listeners out there um, who aren't familiar with Andrew's work, uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Drink Your Feelings. And your work, so you're yeah, telling me. change that handle. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're telling me when you got into college, you're taking classes at community college, you didn't know how to draw. And I'm looking at your work now, and it's just incredible detail. Like, like you're oh, at a master's you. level. I, I, so how... From the time you, so I guess what's the time period between when you're taking your classes at community college to now, like when you're trying to develop your drawing? I guess between 2000, I started taking classes at ECC in, I want to say 2008 or 2009, um, but I was a photo major. I didn't really start taking printmaking classes until probably... 2009 or 2010, so it's like seven or eight years I've been doing this. Wow. Not too long. Dang, yeah, it's legit. Go to his Instagram and look at some of his work. Um, it's very impressive. Like, um, I'm still amazed, like, all the detail for, I, I just can't believe it. It's really well done stuff. Um, so I'm wondering, um, where do you print? Well, yeah, because you're you're at a grad school, grad school, and so yeah, you so print, print here. Yeah, yeah. And, I got um, key card access and access to all the studios here. Kind of have the run of the whole place at least for the next five months or so. I think they're kicking me out in like early August, so I'll be printing here until then, uh, unless I pick up a job and have to pack up and leave before then. Right. So where? What kind of method of printmaking are you focusing primarily right now? Like, what's your kind of go-to 
I guess I, I never really got bored with relief. That's the one that most people start with. Um, mm-hmm. And that's most, mostly what I do is a lot of relief printmaking, but I, I, I dabble with lithography in lithography a lot, um, but mostly subtractive lithography, right. uh, reductive lithography. I, I just, I really like any subtractive way of working and kind of have like a backwards brain in that sense. So like, oh, okay. I, I've done a lot of silkscreen. I know how to do it. And I did it professionally for about two years and, I've done a lot of Intaglio. I know how to do a lot of the sort of processes in it. I'm just, like, not drawn to it because a lot of that stuff is additive. And it, I don't know. I just, like, can't wrap my head around the way most people draw, I guess. So. Oh, yeah. I Rel- can... Relief and subtractive lift, though, is, like, sort of... Yeah. That's what awesome. I'm interested in. Yeah. So, before your post on Instagram, because I spend, like... Some, like, it's weird because, like, I went to undergrad... Got my degree, and then I worked at a couple, like you, I worked at a couple, well, I'm actually working at a screen printing company now, and it's like a professional, like, you know, we got two or three M&R Rhino automatic screen printing, you know, 12 head things, you know, and so I'm doing that. doing the one I was working on. Oh, shoot. Yeah, there's, some of these things are monster, like, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I'm doing that as a day job, and then I teach classes at Parts and Rec, and I do printmaking on the side. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is in me. But I've been doing this since about 2006, and I just kind of like print. I go to work full time, work eight, ten hours, then I come yeah. home and I print for like, like four or five in a cooperative space. And now I'm trying yeah. to set up a studio at home, and so um, that's just kind of how I do things. Uh, right. But I don't know. I guess like you took a year off. Can you talk about that? Like. When you took the year yeah. off, uh, you were working, and did how much time did you spend outside of your job, kind of like working on printmaking, and what kind of printmaking? I mean, it was, it was it was still you know, yeah, I was working the same sort of eight to ten hours a day that you were, and coming home and doing whatever it was, like probably carving for four or five hours, five or six hours, depending on what time I got back. I had a long commute; it was like an hour each way. Oh, dang! Uh, just just because of traffic, it wasn't that far of a drive, so, like, gas wasn't a killer, but, like, yeah, I was still sort of hustling, because I knew I was going to be applying to grad school, so I was, I wanted to keep making work. Right. Um, but I was, I was fortunate enough to, like, sort of make friends with a lot of the professors along the way, like, Joel at ECC would let me use his shop. Um, oh, nice. He was there, and I could sort of sneak in, and then uh, Michael Barnes... And mm-hmm. NIU has been super generous and has, like, let me step in and use his equipment, like, as long as I'm not, you know, using um, the consumables that are, like, for his classes and stuff and I'm bringing my own materials. Like, he'll let me step in and use the presses. And he's been super sort of generous with that. Oh, nice. That's so I, really good. I was good. fortunate. Yeah, I mean, like, Chicago has a couple uh, co-op spaces, like CPCs out there and Sputnik. Mm-hmm. There's places you can, like, buy studio time and take classes at or, like, just by press time um but i've been fortunate enough to sort of circumvent that up until now we'll see what happens after this year yeah so yeah. are you in an area where there's like a cooperative space to yeah, do there printmaking is a cooperative space out here i don't um participate in it because again i kind of have free studio access right now yeah exactly um, yeah yeah but there's this space called ps1 that does classes and you can sort of buy into the co-op and like um use their facilities and stuff oh, like nice. a membership fee or whatever i haven't done it yet so i don't know a lot about it right yeah, yeah there's one in town too 
That's awesome. That's really good for a place to have, you know, like, um, that's just essential because you get out of school and it's like, well, what are we going to do? And it's like, you could like, because the day to nine to five grind, I mean, Mm -hmm. you get so tired, you're like, I really need to carve this Brock. And then for me, it's like, (laughs) it makes me sad because like I carved dinosaurs and bears and stuff and I could hear them like crying and whimpering and saying, why don't you carve me? I'd like to be pretty yeah. done soon. So I, I feel I'm guilted into it. And so, um, <laughs> I just want to get it finished, but, uh, it's really tough to, but like once you, once you do it, it gets easier, you know? And so yeah. that's, I think that's good for you to kind of like have that, you know, you you've taken some time away from school and you've been able to continue with your work and now you're doing it and so now you're doing the work full time and so you can kind of I would assume it would be easy for you to transition into just continue to do work outside of whatever you got going on Um, yeah I'm hoping to find you know something whether it's teaching or working at the apprentice printer somewhere um after here that sort of enables me to keep making work and gives me sort of shop access but i mean we'll see what happens right right that's that's the game um yeah, so no. <laughs> i'm wondering um so like what really inspires you and what's like a theme you keep going to or a subject matter what's what's your work um, behind you know what's your work about like yeah, I'm not just, I don't know, I don't want to say just like nature because that's not what interests me about it. I'm really attracted to sort of the natural world or what you might define as a natural world, but um, I guess like sort of ecological disaster um, right. and extinction and stuff like that. Like I'm really interested in climate change and sort of mass extinctions. Like, um, like the planet's in trouble currently and like that's, yeah. what, I, that's what I'm interested in because I'm... I don't know, uh, sort of, I've sort of taken these road trips with two of my best friends in 2009, I've been doing it for the past almost 10 years now, um, this will be the 10th year, just like taking three week road trips to go backpacking and camping, like being out in nature is like sort of, I don't know, it was one of the first, I don't want to like call it like a come to God moment, but it's like one of the first times in my life that I felt like connected to something bigger than me, right. I think it is really, I think it is really important and it's kind of sad to see like what's happening currently. So like that's, that's what interests me. And that's what I gravitate towards is sort of uh, current events and what's happening with yeah, that's nature's, what... nature and the species. Yeah. yeah. Just like the planet in general. Cause, um, yeah, here in Lexington. I've been with animals since I was a little kid. Like, and now right. I'm just like trying to find a way to like justify making pictures about that like i don't know yeah there's something yeah. deeper behind your um subject matter and um as you you know as you get older you are stuff like that's important to you uh, mm-hmm. s- this starts to build up in a more mature way and you execute it differently as older you get and um right. like right now like i'm with you like there was a time when I was working a screen printing job and I was biking like miles to and from work. And, um, cause literally right now in Lexington, Kentucky, it's like 50 degrees. <laughs> like, 
And it's January. You know what I'm saying? Like, global warming yeah. is a thing. And it's right. from pollution and just bad habits and a lot of waste. Like, humans waste so much. And so it's something we should definitely... Like, I think it's at a point we can't reverse it, but right. we can slow it down, unfortunately. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know. I have a hard time buying into, the, like, the notion that we're sort of past that tipping point. Right. Because it's hard, it's hard to keep living your life knowing that. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, even if it is just sort of pumping the brakes at least a little bit in our lifetime, leaving sort of future generations in something that's a little bit better than sort of what what we came into then like i guess i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah i don't know there's it, just, it's, it's, i agree i agree yeah there's just so many habits you know that we could do to make things better for the planet um and take care of it better um yeah yeah you know <laughs> print making is not necessarily always like it's a lot of sort of <laughs> yeah. consumer goods but <laughs> Yeah, uh, trying to be better about it, be less wasteful. <laughs> right, like I, people give me a hard time about this, but I've gotten into screen printing more lately here in the last year half, mm-hmm. and so for paper towels, instead of just throwing away after you wipe a screen down with like just to like so it won't drip everywhere, I just save them because you dry them and you could reuse them, and so I'm just. Right. I'm a saver. Like, I don't, I don't throw away newsprint because everything's a test print and I just print on everything till yeah. there's no point to keep it anymore. I still keep it past that point. And yeah, so, I've, I've got newsprint that's five or six years old. Like, I get it. <laughs> that's the way to go. I mean, yeah, why? Yeah, I know. I'm totally on board. <laughs> why throw it away? People in the co-op, I just, they're always like, well, I printed one thing on it. I'm like, you got 30 more things to print on that thing before you throw it away. Right. And so screen printing for sure. Oh yeah, screen you got to. I don't see why people Just try the same day. You know, why yeah, you? I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, why throw it away? It's it's a work. It's a yeah. price is like it's like a monotype, really. Mm. I mean, you just layer it up, and well, I tell you, sometimes I try to because with the co-op we don't have people people that literally come off the street and they're like, I really want to do printmaking but I haven't done it in university. And so you have to kind of like foster that kind of, um, that print, that print shop mentality for somebody that doesn't really have that university experience. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so just saving newsprint and using it for test prints, that's something you got to kind of show people how to do and yeah. give it value for them. Art majors and like non majors, depending on which course I'm teaching each semester. One right. year, the first thing I make them do is buy a hand towel. Like, <laughs> and it's just like if I can stop you guys from using these sort of awful brown paper towels they have for drying your hands here, like I'll sleep a little bit better at night. Like, even if you don't <laughs> learn anything about print making this semester, if you learn to use like washcloth to dry your hands instead of because you're gonna be washing your hands a lot in this class, like, so that's the way I just don't want, yeah. That's the way it's, it's, it's so wasteful. Like, yeah. it's senseless. And then you use vegetable oil to clean up the ink. And um, I've been um, using... I, I, yeah, soy salt or vegetable oil. Um, that's what I teach my students to do. I am sort of 
bad about using sort of green or like healthy chemistry and i'll just use like mineral spirits or we use isopart g here for a lot of the cleanup um, oh, okay. i'm not the best about using sort of uh non-petroleum based solvents yeah sometimes you you get in a rush and you're like oh shoot well Mm -hmm. i can't leave this out so i'm gonna try to clean this up quick and and spread some mural spirits you know say the sign of the cross and just say sorry god but (laughs) (laughs) and then just kind of be on our way but um yeah that's just the print shop culture i think that's the best thing about being a university uh, for sure, and that's how I try to contribute and um, translate into the co-op that I kind of look after. Um, so I was gonna ask you, like, what are your favorite inks, and what's your preferred paper? Uh, favorite inks I don't make anymore. I really like that Daniel Smith relief ink. Oh yes. We just had a visiting artist here, uh, or two visiting artists, um, sort of last semester, and Diana Beal um, was one of the two visiting artists. She was generous enough to give me another, like, brand new, or what would have been a brand new tube of Daniel Smith. Oh. I have, like, that and a power can that I've been hoarding, but that's what I love. But what I've been using most recently is just, like, the graphic chem and Hanko litho inks. Right. relief work and litho work. Right. Um. Yeah, like 1796, like Graphic Chem 1796. A lot of the stuff I print is just in black or like mm-hmm. a warm brown. But that 1796 relief ink that Graphic Chem makes, like it's it's pretty, it already has like a good body just like right out of the can for printing. Like it works great for just printing black. So nice. you, don't really, you don't need to mag it too much. As yeah. far as paper, I, I buy Somerset Satin a lot because mm-hmm. it works really well for litho. And if you damp pack it, it works great for relief too. Especially if you're just doing stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for you said relief printing, do you do more with wood or linoleum cut, or do a little both? I do linoleum. Okay. Uh, I've done wood cuts before. I just I don't like it as much. I don't like sort of the toll it takes on your wrists. Um, yeah. It, it hampers like sort of fluid mark making a little bit more. So I really do like linoleum. Wasn't nice to pull your tools as quickly. But um, you still are sort of muscling it a little bit more than you would with linoleum. So I really like linoleum. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm a linoleum person. And a lot of time, I I go to a lot of shows where I'm like the only printmaker. Or yeah. really sometimes the only artist. And like a lot of people are like the crafty thing, which, you know, I'm not going to hate on. I mean, that's what you do. So uh, they're like, well, is it wood or is it? is it wood? I'm like, it's, it's lino. And they're like, Oh, okay. And then they like turn away and walk away. I'm like, doggone it. So I've always like, I don't know. I've always wanted to try and do more with wood, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of old and I need to save my hands. And so I've just, I've stuck with lino. I mean, I, we have a really simplistic logo for our group and I carved out a wood block of that. And that's yeah. my only real experience. I've been trying to... I saw the wood lithography demo at uh, one of the SGCIs, and I've been like, I really need to get into this. Because... Um, I've never done that before. I, I think I sat in on a little bit of that demo, but or okay. at least one of them. But, um... Because they've been, they've been doing that demo. They've been taking it around to, like, MAPC and SGC for, like, a couple of years now, right? Yeah, I think the yeah. first time I saw it was 2015, and, um... It just blew my mind because I don't have access to all the stone stuff. 
I wish right. I did. Um, I don't know who to talk to to figure that out, but uh, wood lithography for my space and what I have is the perfect solution. I've tried it cool. two or three times. Um, I spent a lot of time drawing this one block, and I messed it up so bad. Um, I was really <laughs> pissed, but um, I'm still going to keep trying it. Um, it's just the time thing. Um, <laughs> right. But, yeah, that's really cool that, um, yeah, it's just trying to keep the earth safe and trying to keep your own health going, too, you know, like right, like you yeah. said. Um, is there anything else you're, you tell your students that your, what, a professor who's um, been important to you has told you or taught you? Um. I mean, that, that wasn't something I picked up from a former professor. That's just something I've, I've arrived at, like seeing all this sort of waste that's, that happens, whether it's in a silk screen shop or oh, okay, right. in a print shop at a university. But right. like, the only thing I tell my students is just to treat this like a job if it's what you want to do. Like, right. That's sort of something I learned the hard way. I wasn't like the best student in, at community college or undergraduate level even. But like, if this is what you want to do and it's what you're interested in doing, like you need to sort of treat it like a job otherwise you're not really going to go anywhere with it so yeah because like and it is fun and you're you're sort of privileged enough to like be here and have access to these facilities and have the time to make work and if you're just going to sort of like slack off and sort of abuse that like it's nothing's going to happen for you like <laughs> right yeah it's my you got to yeah. learn that lesson now and yeah, um, exactly does your does your facilities have like a 24-7 access, or is it kind of like that only for the grad students, or how does that work? Uh, I, for the grad students, yes, definitely. We have key card access and keys to all the studios. I, I was under like a weird transition right now where we just moved to like this brand new facility that was built in the last two years. Oh, wow. Um, so they're still sort of figuring that out. But like advanced people that are up in like advanced level for making courses do have 24-hour access to the shops, but they get locked out of the building at 10. Uh-huh. So, like, you kind of have to be inside the building, which is really how it was for me in undergrad, so I'm okay with that. But a lot of the intro-level courses, sort of 10 p.m., you get booted out of the shop, which I think is kind of a bummer. But, yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, that's how it was at um, an undergrad place I went to. Berea College was about the same. Or, like, if you... Yeah, like... You can check out a key, but you had to, like, stay in there after 10. Right, yeah, and that's how NIU was, but I was fine with it because it was me and, like, three other people until, like, 4 or 5 in the morning, like, most days. Like, someone would be in there to open the door for you if you had to step out for something. Right on. Um, that's awesome. So, yeah, see, that, yeah. that community aspect about, you know, studio life, you know, in the university, uh, mm-hmm. that's something that you have once and then you kind of – you're always trying to seek it in other areas and um right that's something that um can always continue to grow um so yeah that's that's so amazing i learned a lot from you just in this interview and um i've always i I forgot how i found your profile i was like this this work is just legit i think i was trying to search for lithography and you were you were talking about you showed your process about how you cover the stone with um i guess it's black yeah, ink and then you carve it away could you explain a little bit about that 
Yeah, it's a process I learned from, I think it's, it's in the Tamra manual too, under, uh, I don't know how to say it in French, but Menier Noir. Okay. It's Dark Manor. Right. Um, but it's, you're basically buffing in uh, just like a ground of asphaltum, what you would use to do your washout and rub up. Okay. Um, but then you're just leaving that sort of ground of asphaltum in the stone, letting that grease sort of uh, bond to the stone and then uh, subtracting out of it with abrasives before you go to etch it. So I do a lot of those with exacto blades and sandpaper and steel wool. Um, wow. Those, those correction sticks that a uh, graphic chem carries that are like sort of a rubber with abrasive suspended in it. But anything that's abrasive, you know, it's, um, I, I learned it from Michael Barnes when I was at NIU. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just something that sort of resonated with me. And I, I try and sneak them in as like often as I can, but they can be pretty sort of time intensive so i haven't been able to do a lot of them when i was here today or here at iowa which is a bummer but something i'm hoping to get back to right once i'm done here even though i'm losing access to like a traditional lithography shop i have a couple stones that are mine so i could sort of take my time on them put a ground on them when i grain them put a ground on them when i leave and then work on them on my own side but yeah, then yeah it, you can find a place to is, print them yeah exactly and i mean i have enough sort of friends that are willing to let me sort of drop by and use their space um so hopefully i can find some work from them but yeah i think it's in the tamarind manual if you have access to that or if you have a copy of it um it's just under there's like subtractive methods i learned a way that's uh, a little bit different than what's presented in that manual from mm-hmm. barnes that, and it's it's a way that i think works a little bit better um than what the tamarind manual suggests uh because sort of subtracting out of or reducing out of asphaltum as opposed to ink, like asphaltum is a little bit stiffer. Right. It doesn't get it doesn't get really gummy, whereas they suggest you do it out of like an ink ground. And I feel like it gums up really quickly, and it's a little bit harder to work with, a little more unmanageable. So I got a handout on it. And I can send you if you're interested in doing it. If you have access to like a stone or a litho shop or something, but that would be awesome. Yeah, I'd like to try it. Um, I don't yeah, have cool. a I don't have a litho stone, but. I'm just crazy enough to try it with wood just to see what it see what it'll do. <laughs> just see I don't know happens. anything about wood lithography, so I can't say I'm, whether or not it's gonna work very well. But <laughs> yeah, it's man, wood litho. Cause I'm just like, well, like the professor that he wasn't my direct professor, but he was around the art building so much. He was like everybody's professor. Um, yeah. But like sometime, like one time I was. I took an independent study in stone litho, and um, I left the etch on there. Or I forgot to close it up. I forgot what it was. It was like 12 years ago. But um, he actually saved my stone because I was going to burn it out completely. And I came back the next day. He's like, Stevie, you almost burned your stone out, man. Don't do that. If you're going to print, open it up. Just print it. So that taught me a lesson like, you have to say, okay, if I'm going to print today, I'm not going to proof and then print. I'm just going to freaking do the whole thing today. And so that's kind of yep. what taught me to do that. But, um, yeah, I'd, I would love to. Yeah, if you want to send me that handout, I'd love to check it out and see, well, okay, this is, sure. see what happens. But um, Yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to, like, whatever, trick people into doing a subtractive litho because I've given that demo a few times here mm-hmm. and no one wa- no one ever wants to do it. They're, like, really interested in sort of the result, but they never want to take the time to actually, like, put the work in and do it. So 
um, it's like it's one of my favorite things and I learned from Barnes and it's one of his favorite things too so like anyone else I can get to do it and do it the way that I was sort of taught to or they can find better solutions for doing it I'm fully on board with like sharing that information <laughs> heck yeah I, I'd love to yeah. yeah just just shoot me that and um sure that's um that's the cool thing about printmaking I mean we just we're sharers we're good at sharing so yeah most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> All right. Well, cool, man. Uh, it was really good to talk to you. And um, I guess I usually just leave this uh, part of the podcast where we're coming towards the end just to kind of, if you want to blow up your website or instant me- uh, social media. Or- I don't have a website. I should have one in the next three months because I'm going to need it for applying to jobs. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I just have an Instagram handle right now. I'm kind of an internet ghost outside of Instagram. I have a Facebook, but I don't use it too much. Right. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, currently, Drink Your Feelings on Instagram. That's probably going to change in the next couple of months because I'm getting <laughs> fed up with the handle. It was like a, yeah, it was like a drunk joke from like whatever, eight years ago when I got, not even eight years ago, six yeah. years ago when I got Instagram. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't gone through the trouble of changing it. So that's, right. that's where my work is right now. But I should have a website in the next couple of months. So. Right on. If anyone hears this, just Google Andrew Mullally, and hopefully I'm one of the first two or three that pop up. <laughs> right, yeah, because, uh, <laughs> I mean, Instagram images are searchable, so you could definitely, I highly suggest everybody just, once you're done listening to the podcast, check some of his work out. It's really awesome. Um, but thanks, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I know cool. we, other than just random Instagram comments <laughs> back and forth, yeah. We really don't know each other that well, but we are printmakers, so we share that. And so I really appreciate you taking yes, the time sure. to record this podcast. And, um, yeah, all, all luck in the future. And if I could help in any way, um, if you want to show some artwork down here, we have a couple shows lined up this year. Um, you're more than well, welcome to. Posted. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll, I'm going to try to get our call the artists together, but uh, the grind of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. understand (laughs) right on well i really appreciate it yeah you're welcome um yeah and all luck best luck in the future you too man all right have a good one bye all right that was our interview with uh andrew mullally and um you could follow him on instagram at drink your feelings and like he said he'll have a website and um another instagram handle coming up soon but he's a grad student uh, working out of the University of Iowa. So I really appreciate everybody tuning in. And if you want to be interviewed for the Printmakers Podcast, just send me an email, bgprintmakers at gmail.com, and we'll set it up. And thanks for tuning in. Talk to you later. Peace out. Talk to you later. Big special thanks go out to Andrew Malali. And I want to say thanks for, because I know graduate students are really busy and he's probably got a whole lot going on and I got a whole lot going on. And so I really appreciate the time you took to make this podcast. Um, I think I met him once and here we are interviewing on a podcast. So that's pretty awesome of him to do that. Uh, make sure you go out and support him um, on his social media and 
make sure to leave them a comment and show them some love. Um, show us some love on our social media, BG Printmakers, across all the media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat. We're on all of those things. Give us a like, a comment, share, subscribe. Um, we could use those on our podcast as well. Uh, we really appreciate everyone's support and all the feedback. If you have any other suggestions you want to give us, send us an email or drop us a line on social media. Um, you can send us an email at bgprintmakers at gmail.com. Thanks again, everybody, and we'll catch you later.